Hey, it's Franklin. Come into my house. Hey, hey it's Franklin. Welcome to week 18 of the CFL Fantasy Podcast as we move closer to the end of the season and closer to crowning our $10,000 season-long winner. Get your lineups in cflfantasy.tsn.ca as we get you set for another week. This week on the podcast, if you had a tough week in CFL Fantasy, you are not alone All three members of the podcast were absolutely brutal in Week 17. My name is Pat Steinberg, joined alongside Hannah Nordman and Jeff Creever. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Mike Riley's continued struggles at quarterback in Edmonton and the Eskimos as a whole continue to have real issues scoring. A tough outing for Bo Levi Mitchell on the Calgary Stampeders in Montreal. A quarterback change in Toronto and the high-flying Winnipeg Blue Bombers are all on the docket for Week Week 18. And with an exciting triple header on Saturday, it's back three games in a row. The $1,000 triple play Ooh. returns. Outstanding. Yeah. It's one of one of the best things all year Money. in the CFL. $1,000 up for grabs. If you uh, won in either of the previous two contests, congratulations. And you are not disqualified from winning again. Go for it again. For everyone else, maybe uh, the third opportunity is the charm for you. Hello, guys. What's going on? How was our weekend? Happy belated Thanksgiving. Jeff, you were in Chicago. Hannah, you were doing your thing, which is meaning you're always working. And hey, I, it was my birthday, and I got sick for Thanksgiving. So uh, that's, that's, my, that's my synopsis. So you guys were far more exciting. Even Hannah, I believe, was more exciting than my Thanksgiving weekend. Well, I don't know, because I also got sick, so maybe not. Not even a Ooh. birthday to celebrate. There's a lot going around. You guys need to stay away from me. You know what? I, I did get a Thanksgiving dinner in, though, because I worked the early CFL game on Monday. I had time to run over to a friend's house who made this massive Thanksgiving feast, which was hilarious to me because there were six of us there, and only two of them... We're eating the turkey. Two, two, two out, out of six, of six. people eating the turkey. Only two out of six. So Why they had they an turkey entire then? turkey for two. Seems people. like a waste of a turkey. Well, now he has infinite turkey sandwich leftovers, which, you know what? Yeah, that's pretty, pretty smart. Good. That's good for lunches. Yeah. That's good for lunches. And if you work the the nine to five five day uh, a week grind, then getting those lunches all all laid out for you is uh, is a pretty nice feeling. And here we are. In week 18, and we're back to the bird talk already. Do you guys notice that? Are it's just, we? we are a little bit, Thanksgiving, and I can already feel through the through the line, uh, Pat all the way in Calgary is getting <laughs> angry about this you can't foul feel play it. that's going on Stop. that's starting again. And it's, uh, you know what, It's let's, let's turn a new leaf. Uh, let's fly away from the topic. It's 10 out of 10 day, uh, October 10th, which, which is awesome. So we're going to have a 10 out of 10 podcast today. Uh, Hannah's tired, so we're gonna we're gonna keep her awake and not not let her fall asleep, and and uh, it's gonna be a good one. I can feel it. So much to talk about. Well, uh, how was your trip to Chicago? It was awesome. It was really cool. First time in that city. Um, I love to travel around uh, North America because that's mostly all I have the budget for. Usually by car when I can. So places that are within about a ten hour vicinity of the city of Toronto. And, uh, and see all these beautiful cities both in Canada and in the U.S. And we have so many of these great places that are close to us on the U.S. border, uh, Boston, Chicago, New York, and, and Pittsburgh, uh, Cleveland. And you know this was my, my first time in Chicago, and it's awesome. Really cool city. Uh, got to Wrigleyville, unfortunately, as, as mentioned last week. Didn't get to see the Cubs because they were eliminated. Sad. Um, but did get to see the Leafs and the Blackhawks there. Uh, amazing game, but the atmosphere was even cooler. One of the one of the cooler sporting experiences uh, I've ever had at the Madhouse on Madison. There, if you're if you're a sports fan, uh, you, you at least know what that's what that's about. And and the Chelsea Dagger was playing all night for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, did you see enough goals? What were there? Thirteen of them. <sighs> Thirteen. Thirteen. A, a couple in the last in the closing minutes. I think three in the last two minutes of the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then another one just thirty seconds into overtime uh so that game was was exhausting (laughs) we got our money's worth that's 
that's one thing one thing that's certain uh, everybody in the building did and and as a Leafs fan traveling on the road most of the time there are a lot of us a lot of blue in the stands it was all red it was really? all red not many Leafs fans you would there. think on a Canadian long weekend yeah. with it being that close and the team being as exciting as they are right now and the prices being as sky high as they are in Toronto that more people would be taking advantage of that road tripping ability so that's you would have thought maybe chicago's a bit far about an eight hour drive from toronto um but still really cool experience and something i've always wanted to do and the city itself is also incredible the the architecture one of the highlights of the trip i know it probably sounds boring but it was an architecture tour and you go in the boat in the river on the river yeah on the river and they tell you i've done that all the buildings it's it's awesome so it got me thinking about about some of the cooler road trip experiences and things that you can do, uh, whether it's the CFL or, or other leagues. Um, is there anything that jumps out for, for you guys, Pat and Hannah? Um, I, I certainly, like, if, if we're talking about sporting road trips, I, uh, I certainly, I got to say, I'm a big Chicago fan. I've been numerous times. I've never been, I've never been to the United Center. I've never seen the Blackhawks play, but I've seen the White Sox play, and numerous times I've gotten to see the Cubs at Wrigley, and, and at Wrigley is one of the coolest sporting experiences, top, right near the top of the list in terms of sporting experiences. It doesn't matter when you go. I've seen the Cubs when they're awful. I've seen the Cubs when they've been losing 100 games in a season, and I've seen the Cubs uh, when they were uh, at the top of the mountain. It doesn't matter. It's still an outstanding uh, it's still an outstanding experience. You know what? It's, it's not necessarily a, a road trip bucket list, but a sports bucket list for me is I got to get, I still have to get to Regina to watch a game. You know, I've, I've, watched, I've watched games in different CFL cities, but I've yet to see one at Mosaic Stadium. And to go and be a part of that atmosphere and just seeing and, and, and hearing how loud it's been on TV in that new building, that, that is right near the top of my list because I've been to numerous college games in the U.S., but everybody says that it's like a college game when you go to Saskatchewan. And so I, that, that is right near the top of my list is getting to a game in Regina. Yeah, Labor Day Classic is on my bucket list for sure in, in Regina. That would be amazing. I've been trying, well, it's been on pause for the past couple years, but I'm trying to work my way around the NHL. I've only made it to six rinks, but uh, Tampa's a surprisingly cool atmosphere. They've got the the Tesla coils hanging from the ceiling, so there's literal <laughs> lightning in there. Wow. I've been to the Bell Center on a Saturday night yep. for a win. That was cool. Um, so definitely want Chicago's way up there uh, as far as really any sport, as well as Nashville. I need to go see a oh, Predators Preds, game. Yeah. Uh, lots of those that on my bucket That looked epic in the playoffs, too. and that, that was loud, and that was really cool to watch. And uh, might I suggest going to see a Jets game because uh, I think that is one of the best atmospheres as well. If you can get in the building. If you, can, if you can't know. get in the building, there's yeah. 20,000 people during on the playoffs. street outside the building. We so were there, we were there, cash. we were there during CFL week and it was, it was later in the season and, and the, it was still tough to get a ticket and it was a hot ticket and yeah, the Jets are all the buzz there in Winnipeg. I will say in follow up to what, what you guys said about uh, Regina and, and Mosaic. I haven't seen a game at the new stadium yet, um, but I I was at the 101st Grey Cup, and that's the only game I've seen there, and that was probably the coolest sporting event I've ever been to. As a, uh, and, and for being a CFL game, it was awesome. Uh, the Riders were in the Grey Cup at home, and I just I remember going outside uh, during the game for something, and uh, the stadium just shaking like you could not only hear it it was so loud but you could feel it and with that being the old stadium and all the history that's there uh, and the rider pride that was there uh, a beautiful night that was just incredible so that is one thing um, that I will never forget and 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 for all the the cool spots we talk about in the states there's so many great CFL road trips uh, that you can do as well so um, get out there and, and see the country because it, that's what I love about this league is every market and every CFL stadium experience is so unique, so different. Absolutely. And it's now getting into crunch time in the CFL as playoff fights are definitely intensifying. A number of spots still up for grabs. Who's going to win first place in the East Division? 
First place in the West, almost home and cooled for Calgary, but Saskatchewan still has life, and the Riders trying to lock up that number two spot, but of course, three, four, and five still very much being determined in the West Division as it speaks right now. Uh, Certainly not what you would call a playoff-worthy fight between the three of us when it comes to our performance in Week 17 of CFL Fantasy. Nobody scored higher than 60 points. Hannah and I both under 50 points. Jeff at 56. It was just not a pretty week at all and you weren't alone there were not a lot of high scores in week 17 so to run it down Creever 56 Hannah almost 49 and I was almost at 47 bringing up the rear in this one because six of the top seven most chosen players in week 17 had fewer than 10 points the top Eight players all came from that wild Winnipeg-Ottawa game, which ended up going 40-32 to the Bombers in overtime. Uh, Trevor Harris and Matt Nichols were the top quarterbacks. Uh, Darvin Adams and Weston Dressler led the way for Winnipeg, uh, 24.2 and 23.1 respectively, while Greg Ellingson at 22.9 and Brad Sinopoli at 20.8 led the way for Ottawa. And running back, the battle between Andrew Harris at 19.3 and William Powell at 20.1 came as advertised. They were the two top running backs of the week. But how about two of the top quarterbacks? Mike Riley, 8.6. Bully Levi Mitchell, 3.4. Fantasy busts in Week 17. Mitchell was the most chosen player in the game this past week. Uh, Mark and Michelle, Trey Mason, Kyron Moore, all vastly underachieved. SJ Green exited Toronto's game with an injury in the first quarter. As for bargain buys this week, guys, Corey Watson, Juwan Breskison, Julian Fiedo Godino, uh, Duran Carter, Brandon Burks, Shaq Evans, Miles White, and a bunch of Al's receiver, receivers, rather, including Ernest Jackson and Adarius Bowman, all exceeded their price tags by a rather ridiculous amount. So there were some good bargain buys in Week 17. Nice, nice try on the Julian Fioli Godino. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it's tough to say. There's a lot of syllables in there. He came out of nowhere this week. I wasn't expecting that, and so did Corey Watson, although... Hannah crunching her numbers over here, who I found out today has her secret analytics department going on, fantasy analytics department. I have uh, a spreadsheet. Sort of detected that trend and decided that Corey Watson was going to have a good game and would be her money pick. And sure enough, Corey Watson scores a touchdown and has a good game. And I did not take him. Well, you, you have to trust. You have to trust your analytics. Here. I don't trust the spreadsheet. Because I've been so wrong so often. Well, don't maybe don't share that part. Well, you know what? My results are out there. We yeah, go over unfortunately, them every week. <laughs> unfortunately, so are all of ours. And yeah. last week was not a good one. Last week was not a good one. The last couple of weeks, actually. So we'll try to get it's back on tough. track. We'll try to get back on track. We'll try to get back on track for all of you, all of you guys listening. And uh, I... I I don't know where it starts this week. It's you've got so much going on. You've got a really expensive Brandon Banks up there at the top of the receivers. You've got quarterback madness with Mike Riley struggling the way he has. Even Bo, who we thought was super reliable, struggles against an Alouettes team that gave up 500 yards the week before. And we're all over the place here. So I, I guess. I guess the question off the top has to be what's going on with the Edmonton Eskimos. We debated it uh, briefly with Mike Riley uh, at the end of the podcast last week on The Great Debate. I questioned whether Mike Riley is uh, still a reliable uh, top-notch fantasy option each week. Well, for the second week in a row, he's had under 10-point production. Uh, The Eskimos, meanwhile, over the last three weeks have notched exactly 30 points. That is 10 points per game. That is unheard of. Guys, what's going on? If anyone has any crazy theories at all, it sounds like coming up with conspiracy theories at this point. I I don't want to sound crazy, but any ideas why the Edmonton Eskimos are struggling? What's going on with this team? Well, if you're looking for conspiracy theories, my best bet is how two weeks ago... You told me it didn't matter if I had to miss the Grey Cup because the Bombers wouldn't be in it. So you (laughs) reverse jinx them up the standings and in turn somebody had to fall. So I'm going to put that one on you. Don't believe in jinxes. I don't believe in jinxes. I I stand by my great debate (laughs) comments last week. I still think he's a viable 
excellent fantasy option, but man, it hurts if you've taken him the last two weeks. Uh, just like it hurt when I took Bo last week. Both yeah. of us, Jeff, took Bo. All three of us. He was, and the he most was hanging out at negative points yeah. for most of the game. Are you are you one of those people that when you watch uh, a hockey game and the the comment you got a shutout going and the commentator says no. shutout and you get mad? No. Because some people legitimately get angry some, about that. Well, yeah, some people in the newsroom actually where I work, there's a <laughs> lot of superstitious people there. And they'll get angry if you write the word shutout in the script before oh, the last wow. whistle. That's they'll, tough. Because in this get, industry, you're planning ahead of time. You're writing things ahead of time. You're trying. Well, you can get caught on that too. But, man. Yeah, no, there's some superstitious people. But I don't know. The, the Eskimos, they should be concerned right now. Yeah. Yeah, and this, isn't, this is now starting to turn into more than just a, a momentary blip on the radar because losses in five of six, and in those five losses, they have scored less than 24 points every single game, and it's gradually gone down. So you go back to their the, the, the first loss in this string of five of six, it went 24 points, 20 points, 15 points, three points, and then obviously the 12 points this past week. It's, it's now starting to get to the point that for me, I'm backing off the Eskimos in a big way. Like I, I am nowhere close to thinking about putting Mike Riley in my lineup this week. And I look at I look at the Eskimos and their remaining three games as they fight for their playoff lives. They have the they have the option and kind of the benefit of being the only team in that West Division battle to play both of the teams they're in the fight with one time. They've got a game in BC and at home to Winnipeg, but as it stands right now, it's too much of a crapshoot as to when this Eskimos team is going to start hitting on offense again. You know, they're, they're, they've got some injuries. Their run game isn't anywhere near as potent as it was last year, and now Mike Riley doesn't have the same type of options through the air and, and doesn't have the uh, same type of prolific nature that we've seen. So, no, no, I in in terms of the Eskimos, I don't know what's wrong. We we speculated last week, and and I threw it out there. I really do think the loss of Darrell Walker has changed things in that offense. Taking away a, a physical, dynamic receiver like that has has really changed the way that they have they've gone about their business. But that's only a theory. I don't know what's going on, but I do know I am not touching them right now in CFL fantasy because I just don't know when it's going to rebound again. So you're hanging out with your buddy. And he's from another planet completely. He doesn't know anything about the CFL, and he's trying to set his lineup. And he's got Mike Riley in there at quarterback. Are you, are you telling him? Are you sort of just poking him in the direction of, hey, don't, don't start Mike Riley this week? He's made it work as far as the salary goes. He's got other players in there that, that you like. Are you, are, you, are you sending him in a different direction? Yeah, because I see uh, I see a couple of other quarterback options that are cheaper and I think are going to have better games this week or at the very least have a, a track record in recent times of having better games. I know Bo Levi Mitchell and the Stampeders offense struggled against the Alouettes on Monday, but that seems like a bit of an aberration for me. So under 10000 for Bo and under 12000 for Jeremiah Mazzoli, who I think might be the most attractive quarterback play in Week 18. Both guys are cheaper than Mike Riley and you throw Trevor Harris into that conversation too going up against the Edmonton Eskimos I like all three of those quarterback options I feel more comfortable with them than I do with Riley especially when you consider his $13,000 price tag he's still the highest priced quarterback in CFL fantasy and we really haven't seen him come together with with much of a good game for the last three weeks I mean 2.9 passing points 2.6 passing points and 13 passing points the last three weeks for Mike Riley now, he does always give you that extra bump in terms of the rushing yards. So, you know, you're always going to get a little bit more than the passing points uh, with Riley than perhaps with other quarterbacks. But still, you're going under 10 points the last two weeks for, for him in Edmonton. I'm, I'm just not comfortable putting him in, especially in a tough matchup against a good Red Blacks team. Well, there was, there was one alternative pick that you missed there, but we'll talk about it later. Maybe we'll sing about it or there's a song or we'll get Hannah to sing about it but <laughs> we'll get we'll go down that road later uh, uh Hannah any before we move on any any last thoughts on on the Eskimos and, and Mike Riley you you were pretty you were you were pretty 
decided on Riley and thinking he's going to get out of this eventually. And, and I would still tend to agree that eventually he will. Um, what's your stance on Riley going into this week and, and going into his final three games of the season? No, I think that eventually here, I know, I know we're running out of time, but he's going to find that spark again. My final thought is that this is not exactly a generous matchup for them. Ottawa is going to come out tough. There are still some big playoff implications there, and there really aren't any remaining easy matchups coming down the stretch. These, Especially in the West, these standings are so tight. They are going to be gunning for every point, every yard. Um, this is not the week that I'm betting that he's getting back on track. All right, and with that, let's do the news. Let's do the news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! The Argos have announced that James Franklin will be their starting quarterback in Week 18. He hasn't started since Week 7, but does have five passing touchdowns and 12 rushing touchdowns on the season. No word yet on the availability for SJ Green this week. Green left Saturday's game after taking a hit from Lions linebacker Jordan Herdman. Keep an eye on his status for Friday night. Injuries continue to affect the Ticats receiving core. This time, it's Terrence Tolliver going on the six-game injured list. The Riders are expected to be patient with injured receiver Naaman Roosevelt. He sprained his knee on September 22nd and was activated temporarily from the sixth game last week, then re-added when the Riders decided he wasn't ready yet. Kenny Shaw has been lining up in his spot. Some good news on the injury front in BC. Travis Lule taking first-team reps for the Lions in practice this week and is expected to start on Saturday. Lule has been sidelined since injuring his non-throwing shoulder in Week 14. Two weeks after being traded, Tyrell Sutton is in line to start his first game as a BC Lion. Sutton would get the nod over Jeremiah Johnson after being acquired from the Montreal Alouettes. And recently signed Chris Matthews is still waiting to make his Stampeders debut. Keep an eye on the depth chart this week because if he's starting, he could be a value pick at $2,500. We missed the big reveal with James Franklin. I was hoping to ju- I was hoping to go into an awesome topic and have a big discussion about that, but then it was the first thing on the news update. You wrote the news update. I know. But so can we I think we should play the Franklin song every time. I already time. have it downloaded. <laughs> Hannah's ahead of the game here. Hannah well, it was written in the rundown. Play uh, the Franklin song. Does this mean I can make any random audio requests that I want throughout every I podcast? I still get final say. On? I get final say. Okay. I so have my, agreed anyway, to this request. My request for this is play the music every time we mention James Franklin's name. I listened to it Which all the way through your, this morning when I downloaded <laughs> it. It's still catchy. It's a great song. Brought me back. It's a great song. And uh, it really resonates for Argos fans and and, uh, and for James Franklin, who's, who's coming back and making the start this week. Because he's just a happy-go-lucky guy. So it fits. <laughs> it works. So I, I think by this count, you'll have played the James Franklin song. Well, the Franklin the Turtle, the James Franklin song, three or four times by now already. <laughs> it's a full minute long. There's Not, no okay, way. Okay, no, I don't mean you have to it. play the entire song. I just mean, we. I mean, we could all sit here and listen to the full song, but we will not do that. Okay, fine. But just like the, hey, it's Franklin part. I'm not singing it. I'm just. I think. Okay. Well, you, you just did. Yeah. Moving on, I'm going to move this along here, before I embarrass myself any further. We will talk about James Franklin in a bit, but first, uh, just staying with that Argos Ticats matchup uh, on the Hamilton side. The Ticats are coming off the bye. They they've had now with, with Edmonton having their struggles. Uh, let's be frank, uh, no pun intended, and call it for what it is. Um, the Ticats have the most productive offense in the CFL, and there's no one else really even on the same page with them right now. So for fantasy, you're looking at that and saying that's a gold mine, but it's also difficult to get players. Like Jeremiah Mazzoli, nearly $12,000. Brandon Banks, nearly $12,000. Uh, Luke Tasker, a touch over $9,000. Uh, those guys getting into your lineup, that's that's pretty tough to do. Uh, with those being the big names and with the inconsistencies of all the other players we've seen lately, um, what was it, six of the top seven picked players last week getting single-digit points? Yeah. Which, which tie cat... Uh, which expensive tie cat are you most comfortable uh, throwing your money on this week? Because it's pretty darn hard 
uh, to get two of those three guys in your lineup. You could do it, I guess, if you make sacrifices elsewhere. Who do you guys like? Well, first instinct, you want to go with Brandon Banks because the guy hasn't missed a beat in the last third of the season when he's not out with an injury. But $12,000 for a receiver is not something I have room for. So from there, I moved to Mazzoli. I can justify twelve grand on a, a quarterback more than I can Brandon Banks. Uh, I would love to have both of them, man, but there goes half your salary, more than half your salary. So for me, Mazzoli. Mazzoli's where I'm leaning. Is the, is the Mazzoli task or stack doable? It's more doable for sure. I think, man, spending $20,000. Yeah, you're 21000 there. Uh, uh, am I good at math? Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. It's 21000 I think I've played something a little bit more ridiculous with Riley and one of his top two options <laughs> if you ever went riley and duke then honestly that's i the... i did do that i did yeah. riley and one of them okay uh, so i've i've spent twenty thousand dollars on a on a one-two punch before and i don't remember regretting it it was like mid-season early season everything worked out so i wouldn't call you crazy uh it's a bold strategy but i like it mm. i'm not gonna do it but i like it pat where are you on this yeah, I'm I'm on Mazzoli, and and to give a quick little preview when we get to our locks of the week during the three minute warning, it's I, I just look tell at them. Mazzoli right now is as he is he's he is right now one of the most attractive fantasy options each and every week, and with the weapons that he has, look Brandon Banks and twelve thousand dollars. I understand why his price continues to go up. I understand why he is the you know. The, other than Mike Riley, he's the most expensive player in the game right now. I get it because of the way he can affect the game in, in so many different ways. I just look at Mazzoli and the way he's able to spread the ball around, the amount of times that he passes the ball, and how he's kind of allowed to be unhinged in that offense. I think he's a great play against a Toronto defense that you can pass on. This is a Argos secondary that is vulnerable, and I like that matchup a lot for Hamilton. I think all three guys... Mazzoli, Banks, and Tasker are good. I just don't know how you can get... As, as much as you say the, the stack of Mazzoli, Tasker's doable, I guess, but it's not one that I want to really explore. I think it's one of the three, and if we're taking one of those guys, I'm going with the quarterback. Yeah, and Mazzoli, you've got the top passing offense against the worst pass defense, and the Argos haven't really done anything to to demonstrate that things are going to go differently than the last time these team played when Mazzoli had, uh, I believe, uh, the, was his best fantasy performance of the season the last time he played the Argos, and Brandon Banks went off in that game. Uh, the only concern is if the Ticats win in a blowout, but, um, you know, you, you can't really be worried about that because if they win in a blowout, then that means you're getting fantasy points. So, yeah, I guess, I guess don't overthink it, uh, and, and Mazzoli should be the top quarterback pick this week, although if you're looking to save... Uh, some money at, at quarterback uh, going with banks and, and then a cheaper cheaper pivot um, might not be a bad option either which I, th I think is where I'm landing right now because yeah, I, you're big on banks I'm big you're on gonna, banks you're gonna make him fit hey I'm gonna try to make him fit uh, he's just so much better than all the other receivers and the the, the gap three thousand dollars better than well, anyone else there's, that's the thing uh, the gap between uh, quarterbacks is not going to be substantial unless Mazzoli puts up 40 points which is possible but he hasn't really flirted with that number this year only Mike Riley has done that um, oddly enough we're talking about him hitting under double digit points right now but I, I feel like the, the gap between the worst quarterback and the best quarterback usually isn't that significant but to have a receiver that you're certain is going to get 20 30 points um, I'm willing to pay a little bit extra for that so I think it's harder to find consistency at the receiver position than it is uh, to get a manageable score at the quarterback position. So that's why I'm big on Banks. Uh, and I think Tasker will be a nice alternative there as well. With, with Tolliver being out uh, and the injuries the Ticats have had, uh, Banks and Tasker are going to get a ton of volume, which is really the biggest thing you ask for in fantasy, volume for your receivers. Well, if you're dropping all your cash on these guys, you need to inject some value, and you can find it in this matchup as well at the running back position. Brandon Burks, Dexter McCluster, John White, all 
plenty of value. Which one of these guys do you want to have in your lineup? I feel like everyone should have one of these value guys in. Which way are you leaning? For me, I am all over John White again in this game. Look, right now, the Argos are a defense that is one that, you know, we talked about for the longest time. We talked about picking on the Montreal Alouettes. Well, I think we saw, for instance, on Monday, you know, the Alouettes have really taken some big-time strides defensively, and we're not picking on them as much. The Argos right now are the defense that we're picking on in fantasy, and John White is such a nice value play in Week 18 at $4,000, $4,100. The fact that we're talking about him as the feature back, him as the guy that's that's going to touch the ball the most in that in that running game, and the fact that he can help you in the passing game too, can give you one or two touches in that regard, and give you an extra point or two in PPR. I like the fact that in the last two weeks, you know, we're talking about him in and around 15 points. And to get that for $4,000, I like that quite a bit. So of the three, and I don't dislike Burks or McCluster. I think that they're also interesting plays. It's just white for me at that price tag, knowing the role that he's going to be placed in and knowing how that game could start to maybe trend in Hamilton's direction. If they get up by a couple of scores, then we're going to see a lot of John White. I just think that he's the, the most attractive of the three. So I'm going to take the easy way out here, uh, which is is going to be a little different from what you're expecting. But I, I have all three in my lineup right now. Wow. I have one in my flex. Uh, nice. Remembering that Dexter McCluster was originally listed as a receiver, but he's still cheap enough that I like him uh, as a dark horse receiving option that's going to get touches and going to get catches. But um, with the Argos, it's really interesting to me, and I'm going to be watching closely over their uh, final four games of the season to see how that running back spot operates because I don't know that they're not a little bit better of a fit for the CFL than James Wilder was here in his second year. Wilder being more of a power back. Um, hey, I, I, that's no knock on Wilder. Wilder's blend of size and speed is is phenomenal. But Burks and McCluster are different kinds of running backs, and they seem to have sparked something in that offense. That Argos rushing attack probably had its most productive game of the season last week. And yeah, it's against the BC Lions, not always the best run defense, uh, although they have been better on the ground as of late. But I saw something there from those guys. So against a really good Ticat secondary uh, with Franklin getting back in there, I'm looking for Burks and McCluster to get the ball a lot and to be uh, very active in that Argos passing attack. And while their price has gone up a little bit since last week, uh, I still think they're good value options. Well, if you want to fit Brandon Banks in your lineup, that too. That That's is another how. Thing. Yeah. I mean, if you have two running backs that are totaling $8,000, slightly over 8000 with White and Burks, uh, and McCluster being 3500 is the same price uh, as, a, as a cheap flex option at receiver, uh, yeah, you got a chance to, to put in some pretty, pretty gaudy salaries elsewhere. I'm currently sitting with White and Trey Mason, and that's also under $9,000. So running back is a pretty good spot to grab your value right now, um, mostly as some of the, the top guys went down and their replacements have come in and been effective right away. All right, Jeff, time for your favorite topic because... Franklin! You get to Franklin, hear the song Franklin, again. Franklin, 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 play the music. It was, it was already playing, wasn't it? It was playing. That just makes me look silly again. I'm way off today with this Franklin thing. All right, as stated in the Fantasy Flash, James Franklin will get the start this week in Toronto. He's checking in at about $7,700. Quick refresher on how he did as a starter back in weeks four through seven. Fantasy high was 19.8 points in week four against Edmonton. His low, four and a half points in week six against the Bombers, generally in the 200 to 300 passing yards range. Good to add a couple carries, not for a ton of yards. Uh, so it's James Franklin, part two. Does he intrigue you? Do you want him in your lineup? Jeff, I'm going to let you go first because this is this is your song, so I'm surprised well, you're not yelling at everybody yeah, right now. Yeah, but I uh, I was hoping for a chance to yell at you after you say that <laughs> Franklin's not a not a viable fantasy option this week, predictably. I just I hey look, 
I, you know me, I'm, I'm a little bit more wait and see on a lot of guys, but I do, he is intriguing. I, I certainly, when we were talking earlier about, you know, who's more attractive than Riley, I, I definitely did leave Franklin out and not intentionally, just he wasn't right at the top of the list uh, on, on, my, uh, on my queue on CFL Fantasy. So that was totally unintentional because I do think he's an intriguing option. So unfortunately, you're not going to be able to yell at me. You're going to mm. have to yell at other people. Um, but the, the one thing, and, and maybe Jeff, you can uh, give me a little little bit more insight on this the one thing I am interested in a guy with Franklin is you know he was kind of intriguing for a lot of people when he wasn't the starter because he was still getting those goal line touches and he's getting those rushing touchdowns and you know yes McLeod Bethel Thompson had been the starting quarterback but all of a sudden you get into the red zone and you're within a couple yards of of the end zone and it's James Franklin carrying the ball and getting those rushing touchdowns I'm curious now that he's back installed as the starter what happens when they get a little bit closer to the end zone do we see that change do we see the ball take out of Franklin's hand, or is he still the guy that they go with, a la Mike Riley in Edmonton? That to me is really interesting. Doesn't change whether or not he's intriguing, but all of a sudden, if the ball stays in his hands inside the five yard line, he becomes that much more interesting to me. But definitely, he's a guy that I'd be looking at at $7,700, knowing that we are talking about a pretty talented quarterback. Yeah, he's a very intriguing quarterback play for Week 18. I'm, I'm running out of things to yell at people about right now. Like I, you're not giving me anything. I already yelled at Hannah about her kettle today. So you did. That was that was a thing. I'm just trying to make some tea because I'm not feeling all that good. And he thought the world was ending. <laughs> He's like, "What's that know. noise? What's happening?" I was like, "It's called a kettle, Jeff." It was just well because there's construction water. going on. You warned me about construction going on here today, and then. And then uh, the windows are open and there's noise. And then all of a sudden there's a, this loud, I don't even know how to describe it. Not even a... It's a kettle. Whistling. Yeah, but most kettles whistle. And this thing was like not even a whistle. It was like a... It sounded like a construction crane. So I thought there was something right outside your window and... He freaked out. It wouldn't go that far. But and anyway, to get, to get on topic, it's, it's, been, it's been quite a whirlwind today. I'll say it to you that way. Um, but uh, Pat, your question about Franklin and, and getting the goal line carries, yeah, he's going to get the goal line carries. He did when he was the starter before. Uh, I, I, why would I don't see any reason why Mark Tressman would change that up. It's worked. He's been good at it. And to me, I, you hit the nail on the head. I think that does change his fantasy outlook because if Franklin's the one leading the drives and he's the one that gets to finish them, um, that's fantasy points for him. That's that's a big difference. He took a lot of points away from McLeod Bethel Thompson when McLeod was playing. There were times when McLeod Bethel Thompson was moving the offense uh, between the 20s and then James Franklin was finishing drives, right? So it makes a massive difference. There are only a couple of quarterbacks around the league uh, that handle those goal line situations and that are really good at it. And Mike Riley, of course, being the top one. Uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli, who's one of the top rushing quarterbacks, uh, is the top rushing quarterback, sorry, in the CFL, the ninth leading rusher. Uh, also another name. He'll handle the sneaks, although he hasn't been getting the touchdowns this year. But that's a big edge that Franklin has. So I love I love it. I love that matchup. And I, I've said it before uh, in the past, and it's burned me. But I like my odds with Franklin. H- Hannah, where are you with that one? I'm not... I'm not sold on this price. I don't know about him coming in and automatically being $7,700. It's not at the basement. You're right about that. Not the basement. You got some guys who are definitely below him who I'd probably feel more comfortable going with. Uh, Lule's down at 6300 Not that I'm super comfortable there. Nichols is 65 Caleros is under 6000 I'm not so sure he's properly priced. I think he should be more in line with those guys. Um, And he's just generally not on my radar this week. I'm not as high on him as you are. There there are a couple. I'll try to sell you on it. I'll try to sell everybody else on it anyway. I don't know if I can change your mind, Hannah. But the the two things I like um, for James Franklin are, are one, the matchup. Hamilton, we know, is going to score a lot of points against the Argos. Uh, so that should end up being a pretty high-scoring game, uh, unless the Argos lose 40 to nothing. Uh, I, I'm not saying Franklin and the Argos keep pace with the Thai Cats per se, but yeah, if the Thai Cats can light up the scoreboard, the Argos are going to have to try and keep up. So that means lots of opportunities for Franklin to 
score points, move the ball, uh, run it himself, as we saw him do last week. He's a, he's a good runner. Not fast, but he's a good runner. And the other aspect of it for me outside of that matchup uh, is the fact that I think while the Argos and, and he may be playing a little bit loose with them being out of the playoffs now, I think he's got something to prove because I think he feels a little bit slighted by what happened there. He, he's not going to play it up and talk about it because he's too nice of a guy. You know, he's always smiling and he's always happy about everything and and uh, one of the friendliest guys you're going to hear from. But uh, cue the Franklin music again, right? Perfect timing. Perfect timing. I'm going to go home and read a Franklin book. Actually, I don't have any Franklin books. You have an entire bookshelf of Franklin we books. Should, we should have <laughs> brought a Franklin book to the... No. Absolutely. Imagine not. a reading session on the podcast. No, super don't need that. All right. Pick me up here. Where was I? I, I was don't... in the middle of a point. So the point is he, he's going to feel a little bit slighted there and he's got something to prove. Uh, James Franklin needs to prove that he's the starting quarterback for the Argos in 2019. And that is up for grabs right now. So I think he goes in there as a man on a mission and he feels he needs to prove Mark Tressman wrong that he shouldn't have been pulled and he's got to be the guy moving forward so that's fair and I don't think he's going to have the disastrous week that some of the top guys have had as of late so um you know what I'm not going to tell you you're wrong but uh I'm not I'm not going there can we play it one last time before we move on it's playing under the entire segment no it's not (laughs) that would be a bit much the spring sound I think it would be fun no do it can I can Pat help me convince her Pat will not back you. No, I I need I need Creever to stop talking. Right I don't know. Now. Just to, you are you are all over the place for a second consecutive. No, but you hear week. you hear different podcasts and shows, and they play a little bit of music softly in the background. And yeah, during not with this lyrics. Franklin debate, you play the the Franklin song in the background. I'm all I'm all for Hannah moving on right now. <laughs> Bombers, red Won't hot even right now. the idea. Probably because Jeff said or implied that they were going to miss the playoffs. Once he said that, Bombers got red hot on a three-game win streak, heating up at the right time. Hold on. Can I? Can we retrace our steps here for a second? I did not say that. You're taking me totally out of out of. I have here. the clip. No, I can play it I said it they're right not going here. to be at the Great Cup. You said you're not going to have to worry about that Cup. at this point. They probably won't even yeah, be in the you, playoffs. No, no, no. I, no, because you talked about something that was going on during Great Cup. Yeah, the wedding. Yeah, that's what it was. Of the bride that you're at a broke. You're at a wedding, and uh, hopefully the bride is healed up. But You know what? Uh, she's moved on to a walking boot. She's doing this great. This is good. This is progress. Yeah. So she's getting married uh, on Grey Cup weekend, and, and that was where this came from. Anyway, the only reason I'm saying this is because I don't want 100 mentions on my Twitter feed from Bombers fans yelling at me about saying how they were going to miss the playoffs, because I never said that. All right. Never said it. Well. Just for the record. I, I just think maybe you rever- reverse jinxed. Okay. Anyways, as Pat mentioned, all the top scoring players that played this week were in that awesome Bombers-Red-Blacks matchup. Very exciting game. So, when it comes to this Bomber offense, is this the real deal? Are you buying in on these receivers? Obviously, Andrew Harris, always an effective back, always a good pick. But the receivers, Nichols, are you buying in on this? Because there were a lot of points to go around in this one. Darvin Adams, 24.2. Weston Dressler had 23 points. There were just, there was a lot going on. Are you, do you want a piece of that up against this Rough Riders defense, a Rough Riders team who's also red hot? That's why this matchup isn't all that attractive right now for me. Knowing full well that we're talking about a Bombers team that really impressed and a big win over Ottawa. That was a huge win for the, uh, for the Bombers and certainly was what they needed in their push for a playoff spot. But you're going up against a Saskatchewan team that has been one of, if not the best defense all year long. I know the game's in Winnipeg, which, which certainly makes it a little less scary from a Bombers perspective. But still, I don't know if I'm as in love, especially when we're talking about the passing game. When you start throwing in Matt Nichols and his receivers, I'm not as into those guys this week. 
Trevor Harris is always an attractive play, regardless of who the defense is. And, you know, you're talking about him as the number three most expensive running back in Week 18. As uh, Sorry, number two, because uh, Green and Wilder are hurt. So you've got Powell, who's over 10000 and then Harris, who's the next most expensive guy. But he's always an attractive play because, you know, the offense runs through him. So you know he's going to get his touches. But definitely nowhere near as attractive in Week 18 just because of who they're going up against and let's be honest I mean this passing attack has not been a consistent one for Winnipeg this year especially in fantasy terms Matt Nichols has not been a consistent option those receivers have been very boomer bust and it's been tough to choose which guy's going to go off in any given week so I don't know if I'm loving this matchup from a Bombers perspective yeah I don't have much to offer there I think Pat you covered every possible angle of that um Real or fake is the question. I, I'm still going fake. Uh, sorry, Bombers fans. Uh, not convinced yet. Matt Nichols hasn't gone over 300 yards in a game at this point. I know they're just stats. Uh, but for fantasy, that's that's pretty key. Uh, and if you have a quarterback who you have no faith in hitting 300 yards and he's playing a tough defense this week, you just don't know who's getting the ball. So, yeah, Andrew Harris is a stud. I'm good with that. But... Um, it's hard to have a lot of faith in that Bombers offense, although it was it was very good against Ottawa. Credit where it's due. Well, Jeff, I need some clarification on this point because the rundown, all it says, in all caps, <laughs> it's time to stop sleeping on Kenny Shaw. So I Jeff, told you this all. Is what, this how do you is, really This is feel? when Jeff yells, right? I told you all about Kenny Shaw, and this is the second or third time today I'm, I'm yelling since the kettle incident. I told you all about Kenny Shaw. Um, Kenny Shaw just has shown immediate chemistry with Zach Kaleros, and uh, those two are on the same page. And Kenny Shaw uh, is going to keep his job even when Naaman Roosevelt gets back. I, I strongly believe that's going to happen. I'm uh, not sure who the odd man out would be. Uh, hopefully they don't have any more injuries in the process, but that tends to be what happens. Uh, but they'll find a way to work it out, and it's a good problem to have. But Shaw, as long as he's in the starting lineup where Roosevelt was, that's going to be a very productive spot. And Shaw has been Zach's top target the last couple games. He really has been. And you're talking about a guy coming off major surgery who in his first games in over a year is going for 70 yards in each of his first two starts. Like You have to start thinking that's the floor for Kenny Shaw. And I've said, I said it on the money pick last week. Uh, he was my pick. Um, I've yelled it off every rooftop in Toronto. Uh, I, I've been made fun of in the office before because Kenny Shaw was my guy and he ended up doing nothing last year, uh, even though I don't think that's entirely fair because of injury. But the thing about Kenny Shaw that makes him so appealing on, on the football field is he just gets open. And that's a quarterback's best friend. I'm boring Hannah right now. I've just but that's Kenny Shaw. Night. That's his game. His stats between the first two games, nearly identical. Five receptions, 70, 75 yards, averages the same, longest even. Longest carry, 24 yards, 26 yards. This is consistency. You can pretty much call 12 points as floor. That's and at $4,100, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a bargain. I, I mean, don't see not, why you wouldn't at least think about getting him in there. He's not Brandon Banks. He's not going to run blaze right by everybody he doesn't have that speed he's also uh, a third of his price <laughs> he's not duke williams he's not gonna completely body a guy one-on-one -on -one and and win every fight but he gets open and he's gonna be good for five or six catches a game well and and playing in that slot where where roosevelt usually is and and he, while roosevelt's out he's extremely attractive i don't think he becomes persona non grata without roosevelt but Kenny Shaw is, is right now one of the better and most affordable plays coming into Week 18. He's definitely in my lineup as it stands right now. I just can't ignore that price tag. And knowing the amount of times he's been targeted so far and knowing what he's been able to do, I don't know why Zach Caleros would stop throwing the ball to him. So not a whole lot more to add, guys. He's, he's in my lineup. Love it. By the way, I don't, I'm not one to usually yell, I told you so. That was very out of, out of line for me. Very uncharacteristic. Can we pause? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> oh, does Hannah get a fine for answering your call in the middle of the podcast? Yeah, I think that's a fine. I think we'll I think we'll have to talk about that. 
So let's touch on some of the later games in this triple play. We talked about the Edmonton game a little bit, but I think there are points to be had for the Red Blacks, for the receivers. Tons of points to go around last week between Greg Ellingson, Deontay Spencer, Brad Sinopoli. Do you think that's the case this week? Are there more big points on the horizon? And who are you targeting to get them? You know what? I That game, we talked about it the last time they met, and we did an over-under 60-point session. And we all said over and it was so far under that nobody really did anything from a fantasy perspective in that game I I think this matchup takes a different form I think it will be high scoring like we all thought in that game and yeah I like Ottawa's receivers Uh, there are a lot of them so you you sort of have to you have to go into that knowing there's some risk there Uh, Trevor Harris likes to spread the ball around but if I'm going in on one guy uh, it's Greg Ellingson. He's been consistent lately, and even last game when he wasn't getting a ton of looks uh, throughout the contest. Uh, late in the game when Ottawa needed that game-tying touchdown, Harris was going to Greg Ellingson. So he's got back-to-back games of 18-plus points. Uh, he's starting to get larger chunks uh, of yardage, uh, more receptions each week. So I'm looking on Ellingson in that game. That's where I feel comfortable. Yeah, and I like I like Powell, I like Ellingson, um, I like Sinopoli. I think that there are some, definitely there's there's reason to look at all those guys, especially knowing that the Eskimos have had their issues, uh, not only scoring points, but also keeping points off the board just because they haven't been moving the football. So uh, if, if you were to ask me who the most attractive guy of that group is, yeah, you know how I feel about Ellingson. I'm, I'm with you, Jeff. I'm a big fan of his, and, and he's really looked good of late, so I would be with you. I would say that of those, of the, the top targets or the top uh the top playmakers for the red blacks right now i think i'd probably lead ellingson's way as well i currently have ellingson in my lineup but i uh over the the recording of this podcast i'm thinking more and more about that uh mazzoli tasker stack so that might not he might not be staying there i'm i'm tempted Mm. let's talk about the last game of the week very briefly bc calgary in Calgary and Bo really let a bunch of people down fantasy wise he had a tough game he did exercise his demons though in uh Molson Stadium in the post-game interview he said that's one of the least satisfying wins of my career so maybe not so much but does Bo get a pass because this is absolutely not the Bo that we know he's never put up a total like that this season um are, are, would you be comfortable going right back to him? Do, do you think the Seagulls distracted him? He, this is the only thing I want to say about the Seagulls, is that it's driving me crazy the way that people are saying it, because it's a seagull. It's not a seagull. It's the like... Seagull. See, milt, milt seagull. It's like no. milt seagull. Milt it's, it's not an eagle. Like, it's a gull. Uh, well... It's a, a sea. Gulls. Tomato, tomato. Stop calling it a seagull. Anyways, would you feel comfortable going back to Bo after he burned you uh, last week? Yeah, and uh, I'm not even going to really take time with that one. Uh, yeah, I, I am. It's, it's a, a one-word one answer. It's a yes. Uh, this is We know what Bo is all season, and he had a bad game. I think that's all it was. I... Yeah, I mean, it was a really rough game. It's funny, he uh, he does a show with us every week, and uh, we, th- this week he was very much still on that that was the least satisfying <laughs> win of all. We were giving him a hard time and uh, talking about, you know, hey, nice throws. He really let everybody down in fantasy football. He knows, and he's not he's not proud of himself at all, uh, and not proud of the effort anyway. I mean, hey, they won, and he was he was very quick to say, yeah, it's easier to make fun of myself when, uh, when we win. But, yeah, I, I do think he gets a free pass, especially knowing how consistent Consistent he had been going into that game against Montreal. For whatever reason, the Stamps cannot play in Montreal. At least they won this time. But I, I, I do think that he's back to being one of the more attractive quarterback buys this I week. Do, I do wonder whether the changing receivers and the, the lineup switches he's had with the injuries all year has caught up to them a little bit. But um, certainly wouldn't explain the performance that happened in Montreal. So. On the other side of the ball, Travis Lule looks like he's back. Are we targeting BC right now or up against Calgary? Is this just a total no-go? Yeah, I'm kind of... This is not a matchup that I'm looking to exploit. I mean, you've got one of the... 
right now there are two no-go defenses in in this in this game for me that I'm not really looking at getting players in against. One of them Saskatchewan. We already talked about that with the Winnipeg matchup. And the other is Calgary because they're still a tough team to score on, especially at home. You just don't score on the Stampeders a whole lot at McMahon Stadium. They, they remain the best home team in the CFL. They've yet to lose there this year. It's just... BC coming. Look, I think Lule getting back in there is important for their push towards the postseason and all of that. I just don't know from a fantasy perspective if I'm really all that keen on getting Lule or any of those other playmakers in BC in against a Calgary defense playing at home. Travis Lule, I think, changes that offense a little bit. Uh, you're going to get more consistent production across the board from the Lions receivers. I'd like to see what Devere Posey can do. Uh, with Lule throwing him the football, I, th- I think he's going to get an uptick uh, in production. But yeah, like Pat said, against that Calgary defense, I'm a, I'm a wait and see. Um, yeah, and the Lions, you know what? They've got a really tough schedule in the coming weeks and to close out the season. So uh, it may be difficult to get BC Lions players uh, in your lineup the next few weeks. All right, we're running pretty heavy. So let's hit the great debate. Who's hosting this week? That would be me. Looking forward to this one because we've got a big-time matchup as both Saskatchewan and Winnipeg have everything to play for to kick off our triple play on Saturday afternoon. So you've got Saskatchewan and you've got Winnipeg in a huge game, and you've got two quarterbacks going head-to-head at fairly affordable prices. We've talked a lot about some of the more expensive quarterback options this week. Well, what about Matt Nichols at 6500 and Zach Caleros at 6000 Who is the better buy who would you rather have in your lineup for week 18 uh jeff who are you taking who who is uh, before you start to tell us why who are you going with uh, i'm going with zach you know it's funny i, I uh, uh unrelated note i i hate the sound of my own voice but i never get tired of listening to that uh that great debate booming voice it's really fun the great debate it's now um, a separate uh <laughs> sound effect clip in my bin it's awesome Drop it right you're gonna in. have it forever just cherish it it's really you can use it for other things if you want and that's fine i just won't use it on a music track it's not copyrighted so it's all yours thank you um, how generous yeah i guess uh, that leaves me with yeah. matt nichols you're matt nichols right. i'm zach and uh let's do it do we have a coin this time or last time when pat officiated he didn't have a coin so I've got a coin. I'm ready to go. Are you, uh, are you ready to... Let's... You know what, Jeff? Call it in the air. I am flipping it now. Tails. And it is heads. So, Hannah, you get your choice. All right. Jeff's going first. I can never win a coin toss. Uh, okay. Is it, can I see... Is there a timer? Can sure. I see it? Ready? Okay. Zach Caleros is playing his best football of the season of late, albeit he needed a defensive touchdown to get the win last week. He's really settling in with his receivers. The emergence of Kenny Shaw has changed the way that that offense is running. And the numbers, the peripherals, are starting to show glimpses of the almost MOP caliber Zach Caleros of old. The last few games, he's been closer to eight, nine yards uh, per attempt, and he's putting up some pretty solid numbers. I like Zach this week. Good timing. Good like timing. I, you were right on 30 seconds. I didn't seconds. like how I ended that. It didn't, it didn't sound like a real sentence. I was just like, I like Zach this week. It's just like, doesn't I, mean anything. I like it. Well, well that's, you made your argument. Regrets. I guess I'm up. You're up. All right. I got my own timer. Matt Nichols has been through some stuff this season, and I think he's come out on the other side. I think he's following up a big week with another big week. Bombers are heating up three straight wins, jockeying for their playoff lives. On top of all of that, they're up against their arch rivals, the Rough Riders. Everything's clicking right now. I think his confidence is back where it needs to be. He had three touchdowns, no interceptions, 265 yards last week. I think he follows it up with a similar performance. I like Matt Nichols this week. What's that thing called when, you're, when you're in a debate and you, you put down the other side rather than making your own case isn't there like a name for that or something i didn't even do i should have done that i should have made fun of matt nichols more instead of just i have no idea what you're talking about and you need you jeff i'm like you honestly need to just stop talking for a second because right now i was so close to giving you the win and now (laughs) with your with your jibber jabbering i'm now back to undecided um you know what though you know what 
I'm going to be objective. Hannah, you made some outstanding points, but I will give the win to Jeff as much as wow. I don't want to. Uh, as much as uh, as much as anything else, for using the words peripherals, that was very well done. Uh, I will give the win to Jeff Creever in our great debate. Thank you. That's yes, fair. yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. And, you know, the only other thing I'll, I'll add to all of that is, is Zach Kolaros doesn't have a weird fake nickname like Matt Nichols because... People call him Matty Ice, and that's just disrespectful because Matt Ryan is uh, truly Matty Ice, and I think it's just lazy to call Matt Nichols Matty Ice. Listen, Don't call him that. you had 30 uninterrupted seconds. Don't call to him Matty Ice. Point. Let's move on to the three-minute warning. Three-minute warning now, or is it? It is the warning. Let's start with our money picks. Let's get them in quick. Pat, who's your money pick this week? I'm going with Stampeders receiver Lamar Durant. He comes in under $2,900, and right now the Stamps are looking for receivers to use in that scheme with so many injuries. I, I do think Durant is a guy that can get some targets. We're not talking about a big haul of points, but for $2,900, if you're looking for a cheap flex play, you can be looking at you know some decent points. If you can get seven or eight from him in a game, that's not out of the question and will give you good value on 2853 Dexter McCluster is my money pick. He hits the exact ceiling of 3,500, and he's an electrifying player. We all know what he did in the NFL as a returner. That's what he brings to the CFL field. Get him on that wider field. Get him some receptions, some screens, uh, some draws. The Argos need to run the ball against this Ticats defense to have success. I, I got him in my flex position this week, but to, to be able to have him as a running back at under 4K, uh, that's going to give you a lot of flexibility in your lineup. Dexter McCluster, play him with confidence. For the first time this season, you have tried to give me permission in the past, and I said, no, I won't do it, but I'm doing it. I'm cheating just a little bit. Cheater. $3,800. Shaq Evans is my money That's pick. A flag. Back-to-back double-digit week, six catches apiece. I think he can feel pretty good about Shaq Evans, even up against a pretty effective Bombers defense. Moving on and to And he's Lockwood. even over 3,500. That's a flag. I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I cheated. I, I, I two, no, but two different. A there are two fouls on the plate. That's what the official What's the two fouls? Well, it's just the price. Oh, because you've chosen them before, too. That's yeah. a foul. You can't uh, do it back-to-back weeks, okay, but you fine. can do it. Okay, fine. One foul on the play. And you know what? I'll decline the penalty. Oh, I'm thank nice. you. Lock of the week. Jeff, you love talking. Go for it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> if we broke down the talking percentages, Pat would be higher than me. No Everybody chance. Knows Zero it. chance. The amount that I you've spoken so. the last two weeks is you're like 80%, so don't even. Oh, that's... That's so dramatic. That is so extra. Brandon Banks is my... People still say extra. Brandon Banks is my uh, my receiver. Uh, I know he's expensive. Uh, he's just a tick under 12000 But I think that's an advantage because when you have the best receiver uh, in the league right now, as far as recent production goes, Duke is still ahead of him in yards, uh, but Banks has been better of late. Um, I think... When you have that and he's not in a lot of people's lineups, you're getting a significant uh, competitive advantage there. So I love what Brandon Banks can do, and I'm, I'm happy to know that I'm one of the only ones out of all my friends, uh, including you guys, because you guys are my buddies, I can say that, um, that's going to have him in, in the lineup. So I'm pumped about that. And hey, come on, it's Brandon Banks. He's so freaking explosive, and now that groin injury is behind him. He's coming off the bye. Uh, he's playing the Argos. Yeah, Banks is going off this week. I can tell you that much. He's my lock. And uh, don't be cheap. Like Mike Riley once said, don't be cheap. Get him in your lineup. Like the, the lock of the week is supposed to be nice, clear, and concise. And, and we just talked about how you are, are talking too much. I that feel was good like, about this one. That was like a 90-second second spiel on your lock of the week. Anyway, my, uh, my lock of the week is also in Hamilton. And I like the Brandon Banks pick. I'm going with the quarterback. Jeremiah Mazzoli, I think, is going to have a huge week against Toronto. I really do like the way that he is unhinged in that offense. What I mean by that is he's allowed to throw the ball 30-plus times a game. They have opened the playbook up completely. And right now, he is one of the most attractive weekly fantasy plays in fantasy football. Jeremiah Mazzoli is my lock of the week. My lock of the week was going to be whichever Ottawa receiver I felt best about uh, come the end of the podcast, but this whole Tasker situation has really tempted me. Uh, I'm not making it my lock, but I'm leaving the option open. So my lock of the week is going to be John White. He had over 100 yards rushing. 
He's an effective pick. He's under $4,100. He's in my lineup. He should be in yours. John White, my lock of the week. Now, before Pat closes this thing and makes fun of me without letting me respond, uh, as is often the case, a couple couple of small things. Uh, Don't forget to play that triple play. I'm already thinking of what I'm going to do. Um, with that thousand dollars, of course, I'm not eligible to win it. But <laughs> just thinking about all the all the pumpkin spice lattes I could buy with that money, I don't know if anyone's done the math. Sixty-seven of them. You've done the math I on did this. The math. Okay. Well, it scares me to know that that uh, you've already done the math on that, and also that what anyone could do with that number of pumpkin spice lattes. I, I guess I could make everybody in the office. Um, pretty happy uh also uh, no hot takes we haven't really kept up with that but we had a couple of flags this time and another one was on hannah for answering her phone so uh, i i think there's did do that. i think there's going to be a fine coming down from the from the mm. podcast league i'm gonna defend i'm gonna defend hannah on that one if it's uh if it is, has to do with making money and working yeah. and it's somebody <laughs> that is one of her superiors at work i i'm I'm going to let her have the pass on the flat. I'm as the as the commissioner and I've just uh, named myself commissioner of this podcast. Thank you, Pat. As the commissioner, I am going to rescind any penalty that is the 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 phone you get a free pass on, Hannah. I live that freelance life. So if somebody calls me and says, "Hey, get in here in 3 hours." I'm going to answer that call. I know who it was. I saw the caller ID and now I got now I got some work to do tonight. So well, that one's valid. Thank <laughs> you, pretty, Pat. I'm pretty sure that when you log on to CFL Fantasy and join the CFL Fantasy Podcast League, uh, which if you haven't done, do it, uh, you'll see the little C beside my name, meaning I'm the commissioner, <laughs> Pat, and uh, we'll, there may be an in-person hearing for Hannah on that one. The other thing we learned this week, uh, the proper way to pronounce seagull, yes. which Not wasn't seagull. brought up last week somehow, and uh, I think I'm going to stop talking. Oh. Yeah, we're gonna need to uh, we're gonna need to put some sort of shock collar on Creever to uh, keep Stop his it, I'm not uh, a dog. keep his yammering to a. Uh, That's to two a weeks minimum. in a row. He called me a dog. <sighs> it's been a uh, it's been a difficult last couple of weeks working with Mr. Creever. I'm just kidding. We love you, Jeff. At you? Uh, by the way, if you'd like to follow Jeff Creever, he's far more concise on Twitter because they make him be that. At Jeff Creever, Hannah's at HL Nordman. I'm at Fan960 Steinberg. That'll do it for the Week 18 edition of the CFL Fantasy Podcast. Don't forget the $1,000 triple play is back. What are you gonna do with that cool grand in your pocket if you win for Saturday? Get your pick in now cflfantasy.tsn.ca your quick obligatory reminders cfl total pickums at pickum.cfl.ca another way to win some cash the waggle with davis and james every week make sure you tune into that as well one more time triple play on saturday enjoy week 18 the playoff races are heating up and as is the race to the finish in cfl fantasy for jeff for hannah i'm pat it's been the week 18 edition of the cfl fantasy podcast